Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. I'm Rabbi David Lyon from Congregation Beth Israel in Houston. Through this year of pandemic, and as we look with great expectation to turn the calendar page to begin 2021. We have all done some manner of healing. Obviously, there are those who struggled mightily to heal and overcome the symptoms and aftermath of COVID-19, and sadly, many who couldn't heal at all. And we've lost more than 250, 260,000 friends and family members across the country, let alone all those who died across the world from this terrible pandemic. Health and healing are part of our expectation, certainly in the new year, that we will do better than we've done, and that the scrapes and the cuts and the bruises, the viruses and other ailments are something we hope and pray that medicine, prayer, and many other sources can help us overcome. Because from an early age, we've learned well beyond the band-aids and kisses that our parents gave us when we scraped our knees, that our bodies are able to overcome and heal. It's really quite miraculous and wonderful when we look at our bodies and see the scrape scab over and heal until it's gone completely. I suppose it's what inspired many people to become doctors, not only to stand in awe of the body's ability to heal, but to understand why and how it happens. When health and healing elude us, there is a place for prayer to intervene. I remember years ago entering a hospital room and visiting with a young couple. The wife was not well, and the couple was concerned about her well-being. And while the doctors had every step accounted for and every expectation that she would do well, which ultimately she did, thankfully, I did stand and offer them the opportunity to share a prayer. The husband was a bit reluctant, even a bit doubtful that it would make any difference. So he asked, would it help? And I answered, it couldn't hurt. So we actually held hands and we shared a prayer. What I also shared with them is a Jewish lesson from the past. The rabbis once taught that when we come and visit a person who is ill, we bring a sense of comfort, consolation, companionship, support, and all kinds of resources that just make a person who is ailing feel better because they're tended to, they're cared about by a friend or family member. And as a result, after the visit, when we leave, we take away one-sixtieth of the person's illness. That's what the rabbis teach a long time ago. And of course, you being bright and wise about mathematics, would ask, well, then if 60 people come and visit, can't we take away the entire illness? The rabbis anticipated such questions, and even they answered, would it be so? True enough, we can't really take away all the illness because of one visit or even 60, 
but the idea of one-sixtieth is a small enough measurement that we understand that the difference we make by visiting is substantial, and even to take away a small part of one's discomfort or feeling isolated because of illness can help them feel hopeful that a little more effort, a little more medicine, another visit, another prayer can truly heal them and help them overcome the obstacle they feel that they're suffering from currently. And in many cases, certainly before the pandemic, in all the hospital visits that I made, I always made an effort not only to sit for a few minutes and talk and ask how the patient was feeling that day, I also asked if I could bring the person something to eat or to drink, if I could open the blinds in the window or close them or adjust the light. Anything that would create a difference for them in the room would be something that helped them feel that what they endured the hours before I arrived might be different, might even be better a little bit. So it makes it challenging today that Even for me, somebody who's accustomed to visiting patients in the hospital hasn't been able to enter the hospital since last March. Clergy are simply not welcome when so many others must enter first, including some limited family members. However, we found ways to visit anyway, and I don't mean by sneaking in the back door. I mean by using every other means available to us, and not only to clergy, but to you. We call on the phone because every person in the hospital has a cell phone sitting next to him or her. Except for those who are unconscious or intubated, many do welcome a text message or a call, especially if they don't feel like talking. I've never failed to get a text message from somebody whose thumbs were still working. And FaceTime is wonderful to be sure that they see our faces without a mask on and to know that our smile and our love for them is sincere and always available. Zoom, too, enables us to reach well across the boundaries that separate us and welcome so many others to join in, too. I know that in many places you have used Zoom or FaceTime to chat with many people, and in family settings, especially around holidays like Hanukkah and Christmas and Kwanzaa, these are the means which help us to cross the barriers that have been placed in front of us because of the pandemic. And it isn't only for people who are in the hospital, but even for those who are isolated at home. The elderly grandparents and great-grandparents, who for good reason are not stepping out or welcoming us in, are learning how to use technology effectively to be sure that they see your faces, feel your love, and most importantly, hear your voices and good wishes for them. But even if technology doesn't work for you or even for them, a good old-fashioned letter makes a big difference. Getting that letter in the mail with a picture of you, a note from you, even if it is with or without a gift attached, the card means everything to them. And if you can send food, it makes a big difference too. Personally, I'll share with you that my mother, who lives out of town, is treated to some regular holiday meals by me and my siblings, who have learned about the local caterer and the local restaurant nearby, who are so touched by our personal efforts to get food to our mother, who lives independently, but who likes the treat simply because we sent it. And I will share with you that the caterer or the restaurant 
where the food is coming from that we're sending, is so touched that they discounted the cost so much that our regular calls and orders are affordable, welcome, and the restaurateur is grateful for the business. It's a win-win when we discover that it isn't only about paying the price and we would be willing to pay a high price to get the food to our mother, but the goodwill, the mitzvah, as I call it, the good deed, the commandment, to care for our parents and to love them, especially with nourishing food, is something that prompts everybody, whether they're a family member or just the restaurateur, to do the very best that we can for each other, especially at this season. Ultimately, for our loved one, we wish them, if they're ill, what we call in Hebrew a rifuah shlema. It means a complete healing. We wish them a complete healing of body, of mind, of spirit, and soul. But I know that you're wondering, what do we do when somebody is not going to recover or heal again as we once did when we were younger and more fit? The scabbed used to heal and disappear in the past, but now the scabs and the scars don't heal as easily. Can we truly pray for a rifuah for a complete healing as if we expect a miracle to happen. I never fail to believe in hope, and I've always told families if they, if they have hope, to hold on to it. I'll never tell them to stop hoping. But sometimes our prayer for healing should take on a measure of some realism. We can pray for a complete healing, but what if we also pray for our loved ones' peace, that they shouldn't suffer, they shouldn't struggle, and that if it is God's will, we'll accept God's decision that our loved one should simply have peace at the end of their days. And if we can't simply pray for peace, then what about praying for their well-being? Whether it goes well or not, to pray for somebody's well-being means that we're directly interested in this comfort of their soul, the comfort of their body, and the ease with which they face each day and each night, knowing that we're praying for the best outcome for them, even if it isn't a complete healing, then an expectation that their well-being and peace may also come. I've learned through this pandemic that there are those who struggle because they can't be with their loved one. What I like to believe is that though we can't always be present at the bedside in the way we would, that the caregivers, doctors, nurses, orderlies, and many others who tend to our loved one are doing such sacred work, such purposeful work, that our hope and faith in them is that our loved one is getting everything that he or she needs. And where we can enter on phone or face or other means makes a world of difference. Can we still take away one-sixtieth of their struggle, their suffering, and their illness, I believe that every effort that we make truly can and truly does. And if 60 people come, there's no guarantee that the complete illness will disappear. But can you imagine 60 visitors? That would be overwhelming, maybe even exhausting. But to multiply love, attention, and regard is something that an individual who was lying in bed alone or simply isolated at home during this pandemic would dearly welcome, knowing that his life, her presence, is something meaningful to all those who call in, knock, 
FaceTime, and send a little food. So, for all of us, especially at this season, never succumb to the idea that there's nothing you can do. There is so much that technology has enabled us to do that we can reach across the city, the country, and the world in a blink of an eye. And the greatest joy that I've come to know is that elderly people who generally did not accept technology because of its complexity, or so they thought, were cut off from a certain part of the world that many of us were already coming to know and enjoy. But the pandemic has forced them to accelerate their own understanding and to find a way into this technology as a lifeline to family and friends. And so what we've discovered is more people are using the technologies that were from more familiar to younger people, and they are now feeling connected, alive, relevant, meaningful, and engaged. And that, whether one is ill or not, contributes to one's sense of mental health, soulful well-being, and the idea that today may be isolating and challenging, but tomorrow can be a little bit more, and the next day even more than that. And perhaps by the time we do reach 2021, we'll do it together with expectations at reaching each other for a little time or a lot really does make a difference in someone's well-being and health of mind and body. I'm Rabbi David Lyon from Congregation Beth Israel. This is an important message for all of us to know at this darkest season of the year and after a long year of COVID-19. Please do share it. You can find it at my podcast called Heart to Heart with Rabbi David Lyon at Sunny99.com and on the iHeartRadio app. As the new year begins, it's also time for us to make resolutions and promises for what it will be. Frankly, it might be the easiest year for us to draw up that list of resolutions, because everything we've had this past year can be replaced by something new. How to exercise, how to eat, how to spend time together, how to pray, everything takes on new meaning for us in the year. But most essentially, I hope that we will regard the golden rule which so many of our faith traditions share, to love our neighbor as ourself, as a meaningful way to begin the new year without looking at others who think differently or believe differently or look differently as other, but rather as one who is also created in God's image. Let us look for the divine in each person. Let's look for the soulfulness that they seek to find in us. And let us be the best example of a human being that is kind, empathetic, loving, and forgiving. And then I believe that whatever the new year has in store for us, by virtue of our own contribution to what that year might be, we will make a difference by way of our friendships, our expectations, and drawing on God's presence in our life as the greatest source of life and joy and lasting peace. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.